Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. If you would like It's Not About Food podcasts a week earlier and ad-free, please support me on patreon.com forward slash It's Not About Food. For more information about my books, my work, and my body love cards, you can go to my website at itsnotaboutfood.com. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello everyone, this is Laura Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast, and today we're talking about the notion of trust and what that means for us as we recover from whatever it is that we're recovering from or trusting in the process. What does that mean? So the front of the card, the goddess is standing on her head and she is trusting that the earth is going to hold her up and she is going to hold herself up. And the deer animal is also looking at her kind of underneath, sort of like, what are you doing? (laughs) But the deer animal is also trusting. So in the back of the card, it reads, trust is the knowing that our bodies are living intelligences, giving us immediate feedback about what does and doesn't work for us. When we stop viewing our bodies as something we need to control and manipulate, we can begin seeing them as very wise teachers. When we start to trust our bodies, we can listen and understand what they need. So for me, the idea of trusting, especially our bodies, ourselves, was a revelation to me when I got recovery because I just thought that my body didn't know anything and that my spirit didn't know anything and that my feelings didn't know anything. Everything was about my head. I lived in my head. I lived from my neck up. I only trusted my thoughts, which were crazy thoughts. <laughs> Some good thoughts, obviously, but a lot of them were very strange and were controlled by the capitalist society I came from, from the Catholic church I came from, from the crazy family I came from. So to trust that knowing that my body was a living intelligence, and I could trust my body, I could trust my feelings, I could trust my spirit, my heart, my soul. That was a radical thought. So I want to introduce my next guest, and she's going to talk about trust and the issue that she works with, which is having love in your life, how much trust you have to have about that, So we're going to have a little conversation about trust. And so here she is. Take it away and just introduce yourself and what it is that you do and how can we get in touch with you? Yes, I am Andrea Atherton and I am a conscious love coach. And so I focus on relationship, but not only with a partner, with your family, but foundationally 
with yourself. Beautiful. Then you can begin to approach relationships in a mindful and intentional way. So going back to the trust thing, it's exactly that. You have to begin. You have to trust and be able to be vulnerable and open up your heart and your mind and trust that your body intuitively gives you messages on who you are, what you need, and who to begin to trust. Because intuition-wise, I think when people grow up in trauma or abusive homes, they're supposed to trust their caregivers. And it gets skewed. And I think it gets carried into our adult relationships. So how do you work with your clients or your people that you're coaching to make that jump into trusting their intuition that they can love and be loved and they can open up to that? I use a lot of different modalities. Mainly I work online. So it's in one-on-one online coaching. I also work with couples. But if we're talking about the individual coaching, like I said, I do in person in my office as well. But I use a lot of energy work. I'm a Reiki master. So I teach people how to connect with their body. You know, I also use somatic work to help people begin to feel their emotions and begin to understand and use them as tools to navigate through their relationships and especially relationship with themselves. Beautiful. So do you have kind of at your fingertips some sort of like helpful hints of how to do that at all? Oh, yeah. I actually just designed a meditation. I don't know if you're interested in going ahead and a little visualization and meditation. And I often, instead of closing your heart off to protect yourself, I use the love energy as a protective force, but also a vulnerable force so you can attract that love. I so love if that. you'd like, I can go ahead and take you through it. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's so great. Show and tell. <laughs> yes. Rub your hands together. And you're going to place it over your heart. The heart chakra is the electromagnetic color green and is actually in the center of your chest. But your physical heart is over toward the left a little bit. Go ahead and close your eyes. And take a few deep breaths as you feel the warmth of your hand move into your chest and into your heart. So feel that energy begin to expand and feel the energy of your heart. Now, I want you to think of a green crystal or stone that you're attracted to. I want you to drop it into the center of your heart. And have it expand that heart energy. Feel it spinning the heart energy as it moves into your torso, into every cell, into every atom, into every place in between. Have it expand all through your torso and down into your legs, knees, lower legs and feet. Then have it spin faster and faster as it moves into your shoulders, down your arms, into your hands. Feel the energy. Feel it tingle in your body. 
Feel it go into every cell, every atom, even the spaces in between. And then up the neck into your head. And then feel yourself being filled with electromagnetic green energy, that tingling force of love. And then imagine it moving out through your crown and surrounding you, your subtle body that surrounds you. And it fills that subtle outer aura with that color green. And then you are filled with love and surrounded by love. So as you breathe in the love, inhaling it in, and then exhale anything that isn't love and let it move beyond, vibrating out. And then the last couple breaths, breathing in, saying to yourself, I am love. And exhale anything that isn't love. Next, inhale, I am loving. Breathe out anything that isn't loving. And then third, inhale deep, I am love. Then exhale anything that's not. And last step, before we close the visualization. Imagine a rose quartz color surrounding your aura. And this is the color and electromagnetic vibration of self-love. And have that surround you. And with this energy, you will attract people who vibrate in that place of love. One more inhale, exhale. And slowly come back and open your eyes. How beautiful that is. That was a beautiful exercise. If you're listening to this podcast and you didn't get the whole thing, rewind and go back and really let yourself sit down and get relaxed and go ahead and listen to that visualization. It'll just really open your heart, which is a good thing. So I see that you're all about heart opening, obviously, to yourself and to others. But how do you work with that on finding? true love in the world. Once you've sort of love yourself, then what's the next step of that? Well, then with that comes confidence and the law of attraction. Then you are attracting that heart-centered energy to you. The opposite of love is fear, which is ego. And that if you think about it, that's the lack. I don't have love or chasing after love. I'm going to find love rather than being a conduit of love and having it attracted to you. It's such a different energy and it's not coming from a place of lack. It's coming from a place of, I have all the love I need and people who are vibrating in the same place then are attracted to you. That's right. It's a beautiful way to put it. And I'm thinking about how if we realize that we're perfect love really as we all walk around this world, we're all connected and we're all love. If we really believe that all you need is love, you know, it makes things a lot easier. I think what happens with that fear, that's with whether you're working on your body image or your food or your weight or any kind of addiction that you might have or whatever, that if you can really realize that book that was written so many years ago, Love is Letting Go of Fear, is really the truth, you know, that fear is just an illusion anyway. It's love that is real. With love in your heart, there is no fear. And with fear in your heart, there is no love. They can't exist in the same place. 
people are fearful of opening in their heart. There we go. So then they can't. And love is the only energy that is real. And I say that at the end of my podcast, I uh, have the Love Anarchy podcast where I do solo episodes and I interview people who look at different facets of love or creating love in their lives. And it often always goes back to that self-love. And you're talking about addictions and about these behaviors. It's to disconnect us from our heart and our energy. And it's like to avoid those feelings. Like you said, trusting our bodies to give us that information. Yeah. This is such a huge subject. But for years and years and years, I've been talking about loving yourself enough that you can love another person. Let love in so another person can love you. So I'm just wondering how we come from, in my work too, like hating ourselves, hating our body, hating ourselves, hating the way we are, whatever that is, that is a cultural thing. You know, it's not even really real. It's just what our family says or our culture says or what we live around says. And how do we make that leap into trusting others if we don't even trust ourselves, really? But where does the body image things come from? It's a lot of it's commercial. They're trying to sell us stuff. That's right. They're trying to sell us a certain look and things like that. So we buy things to be able to look like that. It goes back to killing us softly. <laughs> yes. And I can't remember, Rima, gosh, it, like in the 70s, I remember yeah. first seeing that. And I'm like, the big aha moment I had with that, that I'm like, it is all commercialized. And it's just like this ideal look that we will never get. And then in our culture too, especially with women, it's like the only value we have is our aesthetics or our beauty when there is so much more to us. That is so true. I think I told you that, you know, a lot of my clients or many of my therapy clients want to have love in their life. And so they've gone on these websites and they say to me, the men just look like regular men. I mean, some of them are way, quote unquote, cuter than the next one, but they pretty much let themselves look like they are. But the women have to have a full-on professional <laughs> picture of themselves. And if they just got on there as their regular little self with no makeup on and their hair kind of in a ponytail, or they wouldn't get any clicks. First of all, I knew that was going to happen because we're all chasing after this ideal. Not we're all, but a lot of people because we live in this capitalist society that makes money on our looks. And who does it make the most money on is women. And even so much so that even in this love attraction website that we're on trying to bring love into our life, it's still there, you know, that even if you have a great description of this really wonderful woman, they're still going to look at the pictures and go, well, I don't know if I like that person by what they look like. Whereas the woman what I've heard with, with my women clients, they go, I kind of read their description of who they are. And it's just a weird, different way to come at it. So what do you tell your clients that are trying to, you know, 
go online. Do you know why? And that's just the women's perception. There's more men on dating sites than there is women. And there is only a small percentage of men who get liked. I've worked with male clients who say, nobody said anything. And I'm like, you're going to have to step into that king energy and show these things. I think both men and women are apprehensive about doing it or they go in the exact, like women, especially the cleavage, you feel like they have to show cleavage and things like that or use filters. And it's actually men who have less luck on dating sites than women, but there is really only a small percentage because the only thing we see or we can really judge by is the photos or how somebody looks. It gets deduced to that on both sides, men and the women's side. And it's very shallow and very competitive, both sides. So I love what you just said about the king energy. So what do you tell your men (laughs) to come up with the king it is it in their description of who they are is it how they look or both it's in their energy men and women that I work with I say oh my gosh I do a little wheel a manifestation wheel I'm like write down all the ideal things you want in a partner and be as descriptive as you can don't forget to put this or more for the universe then I pause and then I said let's turn it back on you are you all these things Where do you need to work on that? Because if you want this king, you got to be queen. If you want this queen, you got to be king. So where do we need to work on that? That's our starting point. I love that. And then it becomes about you. If you would like to have a weekly newsletter that has some information about recovery or what people are doing in the world or what I'm doing in the world, and just information about how to recover and what to do and how do we have faith and trust and love and openness to our own selves. You can go to my website at itsnotaboutfood.com. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm- when you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year. I have been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, And I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating diet diet culture, and learning about intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. 
My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer to peer, student to student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously. Thank you. Yeah, if you want this, are you that? If you're honest and dependable, if you want that and somebody else, are you? Are you honest and dependable? So great. Perfect. And so then what happens with them? With them? Well, oftentimes then I have them go ahead. That's usually a homework assignment. So they sit down and they really look at the different things and then talk about how they need to get there because I think so many people are looking for that other perfect person to finally, so you can be lifted up, but nobody can do that for you. You have to do it for yourself. So I think it's a lesson in that kind of work. Then I have them. Oftentimes I spent 26 years as an art therapist. I have them do a collage about if they reached all this goal or if they became a queen or a king to their queen or king, what would that look like? And I have them do a manifestation collage so we have an end goal to move toward. That is so great. I love that idea. And so people can get a hold of you if they want to put this out into the world that they would like a partner, a love partner in their life, and they need help with going online and doing that, you can work with them about that. Yeah, I sure can. I help people pick out photos. On um, one of my podcasts, I talked about the mistakes people make on profiles. And did you know that we are more likely to pick out not so good pictures of ourselves and that we should actually ask our friends and family which one needs to go on the site? So I help people do that or ones that really represent their energy or kind of where they're coming from. And then I help them write the profile too. I have an example of one man that I worked with and getting over, like, I'm never going to find somebody. I'm never, never. I'm like, yeah, you're telling the universe that right I now. I hear that all the time. Let's step into your king energy and let's write a profile. Well, I don't know really what to write. I'm like, you know how many women are seeking men who really want a relationship? Because I really do. And I'm like, Put it in the profile. Yeah. As we're writing our profile, it is a call to the universe of what we're wanting. Yes. And it's a call to ourselves to be that thing that we're saying. Exactly. Because the world mirrors us. Yes. So we need to be that thing that we're wanting. Yes. I love that. And if we can trust ourselves enough to bring another person into our lives, who are we? to allow that to be okay to have that. I know in my life, uh, I grew up with a very chaotic family, so I picked people that were very chaotic, and I was always very unhappy, but it's what I picked. And it wasn't until I said, I just keep getting this same person over and over. Why am I doing that? Because I was comfortable with chaos, and so I had to stop being comfortable with chaos. And we are programmed from zero to seven to 
feel of like, quote, I quote, what love is. And sometimes it's really not love, but it's just what you're accustomed to, the behavior. Because if somebody came in totally honest, loving, calm, peaceful, you wouldn't be interested because it, you Boring. know, over. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. So that is like, and that's one thing I'm like, if you meet somebody and you are like totally gung-ho, exploding with chemistry, I'm like, red flag. Walk away. Red flag, walk <laughs> yeah. away. This is not going to be okay for you. This is your mother, your father, your grandparent, whatever it is. Always. Your teacher, Yeah. I totally get that. And I also feel like that is exactly the right thing. It's like being able to be honest with ourselves of who we are and what we're bringing into our lives, which, you know, a lot of times people don't want to look at that. They want to say, oh, all men are jerks or all women are crazy. They'd rather stay there than go, well, I'm a man or I'm a woman. So what am I doing that is jerky or crazy? Yeah. And it always takes two to tango. Like if you go on and just say, oh, chalk that on another one, another bad relationship, you need to address your part in it. It takes two to create, if it's an unhealthy relationship, it takes two either. You're not compatible. You got to begin to trust yourself and that relationships are there to mirror to us the places that we're not healed. And it is relationships are a path to growth. And if you say me and my significant other, don't argue at all. We have a perfect relationship. That's the biggest red flag ever. Because it means they don't communicate and they don't speak what their needs are or differing if it differs from their partner. Right. Yeah, I have a good friend who is a relationship therapist. She's a therapist and she specializes in relationships. And she says, you hire somebody to push the buttons that you need pushed. And it's not fair to then fire them when they push those buttons. <laughs> and I think that's such a, a great thing when we realize that, that yeah, I, this, I picked this person because I needed to heal those spots that they're going to keep pressing. It's easier to see on the other person. That's where you can forgive people because everybody's a lesson in our lives. And everybody comes into our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. That's, you know, just because the relationship maybe was short-lived or wasn't as long or you didn't get married or it didn't work out doesn't mean it was a failure. If you can just take that as lessons, what was my part in it? And did I not trust? myself when I did see the red flags because it felt normal or it felt good. It felt familiar, right? Familiar, exactly. Yeah. And and one of the things I tell my own clients is we talk about boundaries. They'll say, well, you know, I set this boundary up with this person I was seeing and then they left. You know, then we broke up because I put this big boundary down. And I said, what you did is you changed a lifelong pattern. When you were little, you couldn't set a boundary down. You had to obey the rules of the house for many of us. But when you get big and you can put a boundary down, 
You don't have to obey the rules. You can say, no, that doesn't work for me, or yes, it does. And if the person can't hear that, that's okay, because you can leave now. You couldn't as a child. You couldn't pack yourself up and say, I'm leaving to go down the street and live with somebody who has better boundaries. (laughs) We couldn't do that. Right. But and that's why I really encourage people to be authentic right out the gate. So you're not letting relationships that you shouldn't be in. You're not entertaining them. But a lot of people, because of the struggle to create a conscious relationship or even get a couple dates, people hide parts of themselves. But there, you know, is that person truly interested in you or the person that you're pretending to be? Right. Or that you're projecting onto them. Is this really the person I'm talking to or is this my projection? And that happens all the time. We just do that because our minds are analytical. But I love the part where you were talking at the very first of that, the intuitive hit, this bodily hit or intuitive self knows more than our brain knows. And sometimes like people who have experienced childhood trauma too, that anxiety feels like love. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's (laughs) not love. That's just the anxiety you felt growing up and your nervous system and your somatic experience. That's what you know to be true. And again, you know, how meeting somebody, whether it's a friend or an idea or a class or a lover or whatever, then listening to that hit, that bodily hit, that intuitive knowing and paying attention to it is sometimes hard because then you're, oh, this really isn't right for me. I was hoping that it would be because then I would be done with this part. (laughs) And that's where the self-love comes in because if you love yourself and trust yourself, you can see those things without being needy or feeling like you have to give up parts of yourself in order to stay in the relationship. Yes, I agree. And that's where boundaries are so important. And if people walk away, if you put up a boundary and know what your value and your boundaries are, then let them walk away. Then it's not meant to be. That's right. I was telling somebody else they really want this job and they were talking about, I just hope I get a, it's going to be the perfect job. And I said, you know, it'll be the perfect job if you get the job because that's where you're supposed to be. But you can let this idea go and trust yourself that maybe it isn't. You don't have enough information yet. Yeah. And that's why people jump in so quickly because the anxiety about getting to know someone and that attachment to having it work instead of letting it go. That's why people rush in. They don't know the person. And then when it settles into the settled in relationship after the chemistry piece, they changed. No, they're just not living up to the fantasy (laughs) that you had in your mind. It's so true. And I think that's another reason why, like in my work, Somebody goes to all the trouble, pain, and anguish of going on a huge diet, losing a whole bunch of weight, and they still are not happy because it wasn't about the weight. It's not about food. You know, that's a good name of a book. Really? It is? Yeah. And good for a podcast, too. (laughs) Right. And when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. It's that same kind of thing. 
That's why it doesn't work. And I tell clients, it's not going to change your life. It will make your life better if you're healthier and you have love in your life and you have a job that you love, of course. But trust yourself to know what that is. Yeah, and you need to love yourself, not hate yourself to get the weight off or to feel better. And a lot of people believe I've worked in eating disorders when I was a psychotherapist. And I'm like, really, are you really going to feel that way? Totally. Like everything will be better in my life. I can get that job I want. I can go to that yoga teacher training and then I can, I'll feel more confident. And yeah, maybe a little bit, but it's a total inside job. You're going to still be the same person. Yeah. And the same way if you get this perfect man or woman, you're still going to be the same person. And eventually you're going to come out. (laughs) like you're saying, you know. Well, and if you get this perfect person and you're not aligned with those energies, you're going to sabotage it because it's not going to feel like a fit because you're going to feel less than. That's so true. That is so true. I've heard that so many times. I'm better than that person or I'm worse than that person instead of we're equal people, you know, what a concept. And what about... Being concerned about the other person, not like what I want. He needs to be tall. He needs to be handsome. And that's what I said, you know, about showing up as the king or queen too. You know, if you do land this ideal person, if you haven't changed those things for yourself, the relationship is going to fall apart. It's not an energetic match. It's not an emotional match. I love that. That is so great. I am so glad we had this talk. I can see that we could have a lot more to say to each other. So I'm wondering if you would read the last part of this card. Today, I will practice trusting my body completely to tell me what it needs. I will trust it to tell me if I'm hot or cold, hungry or full, tired or energetic, at ease or uncomfortable. I will listen to its signals and sensations. I will respond to what it needs. Isn't that the most simple thing? And we can do that with love or work or ourselves or with everything. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly. But starting with our center, mind, body, spirit, and then out into the world. I love it. So tell me how people can get a hold of you. My website is andreaatherton.com. And that's my Mindful Love website. I'm doing um, offering an eight-week program, either in person if you're in Northern Colorado or online. I'm doing international, utilizing some of the things that I talked about here, like beginning to be the king and the queen. So you can call that in. Or helping couples rewrite their love story so they can have a more conscious, passionate relationship. And that is on my website, too, all the information about that eight-week program. And sign up for a relationship clarity call when you're on my website. And I will help you find your number one obstacle to finding the love that you are seeking. I'm also on Facebook, Andrea Atherton 17. Then my podcast, Love Anarchy Podcast, is also on my webpage, but also I have a community page for the podcast on Facebook. 
Beautiful. And I love you brought your dog. <laughs> yes. Miss Audrey, my sidekick. I always say that find somebody who looks at you like your dog looks at you. <laughs> no, that is true. love. Not how your cat looks at you with disdain. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you, Audrey, for making an appearance. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Oh, Laura Lee, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.